0: And fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. I'm excited, as you know, this is a, a special double episode uh, uh, with the one and only mark to Hansen and the CEO of his company, Preston Weeks, uh, the Hansen group of companies, Hansen suite of companies. I mean, sounds like a lot of companies we're going to find out about some of the magic here. As you know, we did another amazing episode with Mark and his wife. Uh, it was, it was pretty amazing. And so we're taking it deeper. I had so many questions. I felt like, uh, in the last interview, we were just getting started. I wanted to dive into some of Mark's genius about books and publishing. I'm curious about it myself as an author. I know many of you feel like you have a book in you and, uh, If you do, get ready to take notes. Mark has written a couple of books. Check check this out, folks. Uh, One Minute Millionaire, Millionaire, which was an amazing book. Ask, which we spoke about in the last interview. Cracking the Millionaire Code. Cash in a Flash. Um, The Aladdin Factor, which I read many years back. The Power of Focus. The Miracle of Tithing. Um, Living Your Dreams. I mean, and and a small best-selling book was it chicken, chicken soup, chi- chi- chicken soup for the soul,
1: <laughs> in case you haven't read. the soul many- talk, We have to talk about soul, because soul is that <laughs> electric spark that's inside that makes you illuminated delight, yes, and right. you are, and that's because why I love being on your show with you, and so does Press.
0: It's, it's great to be here, and so, uh, Mark, I'm really excited to have you back, I, I, you have a book and a course, you have a book in you, and uh, in a last interview, I wanted to get started, we, we ran out of time, so... Welcome, both of you. Welcome, Preston. Welcome, Mark. Welcome back. Um, Talk to us about publishing. Talk to us about, for those that might be wondering, those that might feel they have a book in them, um, why is writing and a book so pivotal and important for someone who has a message, as an author, as a coach, as a teacher, as a healer? First, just kind of set that frame, why why it's so important. Then I have a bunch of questions I have.
1: Well, first of all, I just got done writing. I I write little notes, and we put them all over the wall and turn them into a book. But I just wrote, life is consciousness, and writing is distilling your consciousness so you know what you know and know what you think, know what you believe. And then other people can look Mm -hmm. at it, understand it, and do it. So here's the point. Everybody has a book in them. I mean, you know, as you know, I've talked to about a quarter million people a year for 44 years on the happy circuit when we could travel around. And everybody comes up and they whisper, I've got a book in me. And I said, you do, you do, but you've got to pull it out. And then what Preston and I discovered is that why do you have a book in you? Well, it gives you prestige. It gives you authority. It makes you the expert. And it gives you mega credibility. It opens doors that no other thing can do. It makes you the expert in fulfilling your destiny. And and you and I know that there's no better way than to write a book. And what happens is that most people start, but they don't finish. So what we did is we did a 12-segment course on why to write a book, so you understand that it is heroic to do such a thing, all the way to number 12, build your brand. But in between, we did one thing called the discipline of writing, because most people start and don't finish. So we want to not only start to finish, but we want them to understand and teach that 90% of a book's success is in the marketing. So yes, you have to write an excellent book, but then you really gotta have the rainbow of marketing. and, and I, Forgive me, but having sold a half billion books, I think, and my goal is to sell a billion, and I'll do it because I'm going to live to be 127 with options for renewal, I do believe <laughs> I will pull it off.
0: Nice. <laughs> <What> are, <laughs> like, there's so many people that have a book, they want to write a book, and so many that don't actually do it, they don't follow through. Can you just, before we dive into some of the other questions about creating, writing, marketing, what have you seen uh, some of the sort of biggest internal blocks to actually – Doing that, and how can someone make that that internal shift to be able to even say write it, follow through with it like 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 some people for instance think well well mark mark's already sit mark's already out there you know Mark's already written it Marianne has wrote it deep has wrote, what what do I have to say I mean that's a that's something I often see people say, even though they have a book in them so what are some of the blocks and how can we overcome that
1: well, first of all, let me go to the back part of that statement that is that whatever book you write, your book is going to affect people that'll never get by you or me or Marianne or Deepak or anyone. So each of us has something to say and we got to be so innocent and so naive that we're willing to just write it and write Mm -hmm. it innocently and just rock through writing it. And I love Preston talk to this too because he's just finished a a book. But the point is that the minute you start to write, don't start by editing yourself. Forget all that red ink that the school teacher or professor poured all over your paper to make you feel inferior or unworthy. Mm -hmm. And just believe that Preston, I, and you could believe that they can do it and that they're going to source and serve somebody that nobody else can do it. Do you want to add to that, Preston?
2: Yeah. And to, you know, to get started to write a book, it, you know, you say, what's a barrier for people to get in to do it? And it it's literally just taking that first step. So many people have so many great ideas. They have so many things they come yeah. up with, but they go, oh, yeah, I want to write a book. Oh, I'm going to write a book. Oh, I'd love to write a book when I've got time. when it, and so they come up with all these excuses of different things that stop them. And it so stops, it's just making that decision and committing to go, you know what, I'm going to do this. So that's what was so fun. You know, for me, I, I'm guilty of that myself. So I've always wanted to write a book, I've got multiple book ideas. And like many people do. And we all have a story to tell, just like Mark was saying, you know, we all have something, whether it's, you know, what you do in your business, whether it's something you've been through in life. All of us have unique experiences and unique things and stories that aren't told. And so, we have the opportunity to do that if we just take action and we do it. And it's literally that simple because I was inspired by helping Mark to build this course to write a book. That's what got me out of the gate. I've always wanted to do it. I made up the excuses, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I get into my businesses, I get busy with life, got three kids they take up all my time and I go okay you know what am I going to do what am I going to do when am I going to find time to do it well we made the course and you know it's like it's like taking that first step it's like signing up for the course is like overcoming that you know that first step of you know action that will lead you into actually writing your book and doing something about it and that's that's literally all it takes is you know when you're gonna go anywhere you can sit there and you can think about where you're gonna go you can decide where you're gonna go but you're not gonna go anywhere until you take one step and yeah. there might be a drive or there might be a walk to get there but you have to take the first step and I think that's the biggest thing that yeah. stops people is to go okay I'm going to do it I'm gonna push it off yeah
0: the belief in taking the first step and so okay let's say someone's decided okay I want to write a book and one thing you said Preston is You know, Mark, I'm sure you you have a lot of – you might face this challenge too, but, like, having so many ideas. Like, I know I need to write a book. I'm going to write about this. I'm going to write about this. I've got got 17 books in me. I I don't – how does one even begin honing in on, like, what is the book I need to actually write? What is the one book I need to focus on and to kind of hone it? And and is it even valuable? I mean, maybe I want to write about – candle making is any is anyone interested in you know like how do i even hone in on what my message is and if it's a viable concept an
1: idea let's stop you, you, you sprung a lot of great questions there but first of all i would ask everybody to write down all 17 of the books that they're going to write like jack and i wrote down we sat in my jacuzzi one night drinking a little bit of wine watching the moon late at night and we wrote down 134 titles we planned on writing during our lifetime Wow! and then let me go way back in my history. When I wrote my first book, you don't have to write the whole book. That's one of the things we teach. You can do co-authors, which I'm a master at. But back when I'm I'm just making seventy five grand a year as a speaker in nineteen seventy four, you know, people kept coming up to me and saying, "Do you have that story in a book?" And all of a sudden, the lights went off. So I got fourteen other people to co-author a chapter in a book called "Stand Up, Speak Up, and Win." And that year, I tripled my income. I went from seventy five grand. I sold 20,000 copies of stand-up, speak-up, and win at $10 each. Took in $200,000. I was signing every book, and I would hold it up just like I do my book, Ask Now, except I said, this is – I didn't say it was a New York Times bestseller or a national bestseller. I said, this is my bestseller. (laughs) (laughs) And the audience (laughs) bought it and took it home. I mean, the first audience I showed it to, 37 people bought it. I took in $370. I thought, oh, my God, I've arrived. People love what I have to share because – There's a limit to what you can share articulately as a speaker, as a consultant, as an expert. There's no limit to how far a book goes. And a book is immortal. It lives beyond you. Because when you die on your obituary, first it'll say, Mark Victor Hansen, It says my age. The next thing it'll say is what book I've written. Now, having written 309 bestsellers, it's a little bit cumbersome. (laughs) (laughs) Then the other thing you said is that the guy that was totally dyslexic that started The Tonight Show is Steve Allen. And Steve Allen, I, was, I had him write a chapter for one of our chicken books, Chicken Soup for the Writer's Soul. And and Steve, he was so dyslexic, he said, everyone tells me, well, I got writer's block after I start. He said, I'm working on 28 projects at once. I have 28 tape recorders that I dictate in because I can't read. And then he says, I dictate it and I have somebody else edit it. That's the point. If you just start it, it'll start to flow. And and what Press and I said is, look, just write 22 minutes a day. Sculpt out 22 minutes. Get up 22 minutes earlier. Stay up 22 minutes later. Whether you're a nocturnal or, or an AM person, I'm AM. And then for 90 days, and then your book's probably done, right? Just 22 minutes a day for 90 days, and bingo, you're there. Press, you need to add something to it.
2: Yeah, and to add to that to to decide what you know, book to yeah, write, to decide what what yeah, 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 to, yeah. What to hone in on yeah yeah to pick what. Don't I think it really depends on what your priorities are, and that answer depends on the person who's writing the book. People have different purposes for writing a book. Sometimes it might be to share a message or tell a story. Sometimes it might be to leave your legacy behind. Or sometimes it might be to be a business and to make money. And so if you're looking at it from a business perspective, you go, okay, I want this to be my job. I want to be an author. I want to make money. Then, you know, we, and Mark teaches this in the course where, you know, you kind of need to almost reverse engineer it. So you look at it and you go, okay, who's going to buy this book? Who's my audience? Who's, you know, who's at the end of this, you know, when I write the book and who's going to listen to it? And it doesn't have to be a huge audience, but it can be a targeted audience, like, you know, a certain trade or a certain skill set or, you know, something like that, or it can be a general audience too. Or, you know, if it's something that's more personal and it's not, you know, it's just something that you want to talk about, then I would say to, you know, look at what's most important to you. Look at what really connects with you what what gives you the purpose and write about that so those are kind of you know i'd say two frameworks that you can use beautiful beautiful
0: objectives intentions and what's most important to you now
2: mark you talked about you know
0: sitting down every day writing every day 22 minutes half an hour whatever someone decides it's going to be okay we sit down the computer uh, i'm doing what mark tells me but now i'm blocked it's just, not, nothing's flowing. Mark says, sit down, I sat down, nothing's flowing. You know, you've written what, 309 books, which is like, it was an ordeal writing one. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I'm writing my second, you know, but what do you do when you face like writer, writer's block, creative blocks, it's not flowing? Cause I think that's where a lot of people get stuck, you know, kind of facing an internal resistance how to move through that internal creative resistance. Okay, so
1: what you need to do is give yourself a thought command before you go to sleep and before you start writing. And the thought command before you go to sleep, like we taught, when when Jack and I were looking for the perfect title for our book, we said, in our respective homes, he lived in Santa Barbara, I lived then in Newport, now I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, but I said, mega best selling title, mega best selling title, mega best selling title, mega best selling title 400 times. That is one, the same process works Tomorrow, I'm gonna write this chapter. I'm gonna write this chapter. I'm gonna write this chapter. Tomorrow, I'm gonna start this book, start this book, start this book. I'll know exactly what to say and how to say it. I'll know exactly what to say and how to say it. I'm gonna do a monster piece of writing tomorrow. I'm gonna do my 22 minutes, half hour, hour, whatever you allocate and, and tomorrow, it's going to gush through me. The words will just flow through my mind and into my fingers or into my dictating machine. And then I'll get it transcribed or I'll get I dictate or no notes to, to translate it into whatever I want to translate it into. And, and, and the same thing for marketing. I, I, I know the perfect market for this. I know the perfect market for this because your purpose has to be uh, exactly what you're trying to do here to be monster successful, because why would you write something unless there's a market? Because I'm saying 90% of success, write an excellent book, and then 90% is going to be how to market. So we need to talk to that sometime before this is up. For sure.
0: For sure. So in terms of, okay, so the thought command before you go to sleep, that's interesting. So that's kind totally. of programming your subconscious mind,
1: yeah,
0: in, 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 a, in a sense.
1: And program it right before you sit down. Just get quiet to yourself. Hopefully, your kids mm-hmm. and your wife and your mm-hmm. spouse, and your business, and your telephones aren't ringing. Right. And, and you say, I'm going to, it's going to gush through me. And it will. I mean, your mind, you you know how the subconscious works as well as I do because you and I are dear friends. But conscious makes a decision, subconscious makes a provision. Whatever you impress, you're going to express. Right. So if you impress, oh my God, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Right. What if he read it? He might not like it. Get rid of that garbage and say, "Look, mm-hmm. I've got the goo. I've got the juice here." And and the third way to do it is is other than at night and in the morning. The third way, I took a whole classroom, the smartest woman in the planet at Harvard, uh, Dr. Jean Houston, and she had us start by you know Jean and, and Dr. Houston and our close friends, but she had us read Elizabeth Barrett Browning's first two paragraph and then stop it without reading the rest of the poem. And every one of us in the room, hundreds of us, had to finish Elizabeth Barrett Browning's poem. And then we had to come up to the platform and read it. And it was amazing. Everyone one of us could get in that zone once we did the deep breathing, the resonation and said, I'm going to go into the zone of Elizabeth Barrett Browning, love poems, romance poems. And everybody, I mean, your whole thing is love. So all of us want more love. And the trouble with what you said first is I've defined fear as love in reverse. Mm, mm. isn't that
0: a good definition fear is love in reverse so the thought command is even if you're saying even if someone doesn't like believe it you're saying still give yourself the thought command
1: right you gotta do the thought command is so you start to believe it because believe has a middle three letters l-i-e and you're either lying yourself up to your greatness your success your destiny or you're lying yourself down and saying, "I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Nobody likes me. My mother didn't. like me. My father didn't like me. The teachers didn't like me." Which
0: money. is just which is just stories, right? I mean, that we've made out that uh, an interpretation. I got mean,
1: 144 publishers not like me. I got more stacks of pink slips than anybody. <laughs> I win the award. I mean, even you know, because when Press and I were doing this, we studied everybody that writes. So, and we talk about everybody and who makes the most money and how they did it. But, you know, a little book called Harry Potter, you know, she wrote that after she got kicked in the admin, had a spontaneous abortion, hated her husband, got on a train, and God just downloaded this. She drew up the pictures. She said, these are the books we are going to do. She had multiplicity of rejections. Nobody wanted, can you imagine? Nobody wanted the richest woman in England. They're
0: kicking themselves now.
1: <laughs> Let's yeah. say it that way. And by the way, her ex-husband <laughs> came back and said, I love you. And she said, get out of here. <laughs>
2: to uh, help to overcome blocks and one of those ways is to you know start by having a good outline if you have an outline for the book if you have a stop in one area you can hop to another area that you're clear and thought on because sometimes you know it's just a situational block so if you have a really strong outline you can do that and also you know mark's got a great story you know about this other way but Kind of like what we alluded to before, you know, if you have seventeen books in you, you can write multiple books at the same time there's really? nothing stopping you from writing you know five different books wow. at the exact same time, and so you know sometimes you know some mindsets will deal better with others, but um, you know i know I know Mike's, mark's got a great story about that if you, it, I it,
0: it, in terms in terms of uh titles i mean mark you seem to to have come up with like crazy, catchy, I'm, I'm looking at the list, One Millionaire, Can Sing for the Soul, Cash in a Flash. I mean, like, th- these are titles that, like, you can't forget. So what, what, what is the secret to coming up with these titles? Oh, okay. Four commands, but, but like, what what makes a good title? What is the formula for a good title? Like, guide us there.
1: Perfect. So, th- by the way, that's the second chapter in our course, which you can get If they go to markbictranson.com, they can watch a video, and we have 12 of them. But the, it is called, how to write a killer title. Now, a mm. title has to be heartfelt emotion, and and the subtitle has got to be logic. It seals the deal uh-huh. in consciousness, right? Uh-huh. So, what did chicken soup for the soul do? Well, chicken soup, and I think even where you were born, did they give you chicken soup if you got sick?
0: No, I mean, I grew up in London, but not oh, in, in London. No, okay. no, we chicken. had like a whole different kind of chicken soup. You know, it was like chicken with, with just spices, <laughs> but it was okay, different. So-
1: and by the way, the spices are good. Like cayenne makes your blood thin. It gets you well. Exactly. It's got vitamin C. So my wife's a nutritionist and lots of other things. The point is, is, is in America, we thought the soul of America was hurting. So that was our market. And then what we discovered, though, is that we, the soul of the world is in pain and that everybody needs a story. And that's what it – and then what press asked mm-hmm. me to talk to, I think, was um, one of our friends. We were on – I said marketing is one of the keys. And one of the ways we marketed books – as I say you got to do bypass marketing. If you just do the marketing of publishing houses, go to 20 major cities and 20 bookstores, and you will rock it. They'll bunk. you got to be consistent, persistent, disciplined, and do it every day. And, like, we're doing four or five podcasts a day to sell our books. So And I did the same thing with the media, doing radio, uh, what we call phoners. In the old days, we had to go visit the radio station or TV station when I started. Wayne Dyer mm-hmm. taught me how to do that. But the lady who was on the side of 50 million Diet Coke cases with chickens. Uh, I had chicken soup for the romantics, or Nora Roberts, who is the two greatest romance writers. One lives by you is is a little Danielle Steele, and the other, and she's got the biggest house there. And don't you
0: live in San Francisco area? No, the L.A. and Phoenix.
1: Oh, L.A. Sorry, sorry. Uh, my apologies. By the way, we still got to have dinner. I, I forgot. <laughs> we'll set that up. Anyhow, um, Nora Roberts wrote so fast she had to have four pseudonyms. She had to write under J.D. Robinette because the publisher said no 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 publishers don't get it if they're following an author follow the author like for the first time in my books now like this book asked no publisher has ever let me i'm finally successful enough that they'll let me say all the books by mark victor hansen right pages why because different people want different books like i've written seven money books to get us going again and i'm writing more mm-hmm. now than ever about a virtuality of business because i believe that Forty-four percent of people are going to have to take over virtual businesses to make it. This is one. You and I are in a virtual. Yeah, we're physically not together. We're we're zooming, as it were. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. I think it can be a gerund.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of just just to clarify, because you said something, I want to go back to the, the title that that the title should be heartfelt. The subtitle should really be logic. It right, should, like the
1: book Preston should. and I wrote. It is, is how to be up in down times because. Nobody right now feels that we're not in down times. I mean, Eight billion of us have been sequestered and in and, and governmental lockdown. And, and so how do you feel up? Because you've got to feel up to make your mind work, right? I mean, when, if you're depressed, despondent, and disconsolate, you can't write, you can't think, you are not going to be a good speaker, you're not going to be a good business person, you're not going to be a good husband, wife, mother, father, whatever, right?
0: What's the, what's the subtitle to that? So this, this one's just a title actually. So that, that's a strong title, man. That is yeah. a strong how to be up and down times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that one that one sold itself all, all up front. So it connected to the heart and the mind in one sense. Is is there
0: a favorite title that you have that that you know chicken soup side, let's say is, is is there another title you could just use as a case study just for everyone listening like here is a title, boom, and here's a subtitle that, that you remember that,
1: maybe one yeah. of your books even. One Minute Millionaire, how to have self-replenishing prosperity. Because self-replenishing is what ooh, you ooh. want. In other words, ooh. if I take the money out of your wallet and you knew that it would self-replenish like that and you could spend 100 and another 100 would show up and, and you have residual income that just keeps going, which is what Bob Allen and I were teaching because, look, look, the, the beautiful thing about writing books, I can tell you, you write it once, and I've gotten paid forever, and and then you say, well, when Preston and I were doing this, we we did everything from Theodore Geisel to um, uh, The Wizard of Oz was written, and 150 years later, they make $150 million a year selling costumes from The Wizard of Oz. Now, if you've got little kids, like Preston has three great kids, and they wear those kind of costumes, his estate is still making money. That's why I say a book is immortal, and and if you haven't mm. been to, like, I tell you all the places I want you to go, like Mark Twain's house in Connecticut, right? It's a $3 million house. Every, in the school system in America, we had to read Mark Twain. It was like reading Shakespeare for you in, wow. in London, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. And I've obviously read Shakespeare. But and Mark Twain writes Huck, Huck Finn, and, and it's become a movie and all that. All that money's still going into his estate to his great, great grandkids. And, and he's one of my heroes. But you want to go visit these guys' houses. Just like when oh. I was in London, I went to – to, to uh, Shakespeare, Will, uh, William Shakespeare, Willie's House, as they called
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, um, you know, storytelling, obviously, that's one of, it's a powerful way to get a message across. Jesus was a master storyteller throughout history, you know, Gandhis of the world, Martin of Kings, and anyone that was a great leader told great stories. Chicken Soup, masterful story. You, I've seen you on stage, masterful storyteller. Break down for us a bit about the art of storytelling as it it relates to, let's say, a book, for instance. But just so we can understand, like, what makes a great story? Is there a sequence to it? Is there a formula to it? Guide us there.
1: Yeah, I mean, most storytellers will tell you it's got to have the beginning, middle, and end. I think different than that. Jack and I said, we, we distilled what worked, and we called them discernments. And we said, look, there's seven of them, but I'll just give you three of them today. And we put it in the thing. First of all, it's got to cause instantaneous behavioral change. I mean, you mentioned Martin Luther King. I've been to the mountaintop. Boy, that is emotional because, you know, everybody wants to go to the mountaintop. They want to have their red carpet day. They want to have their success. Number two, it's got to call God bumps, goose bumps, chili bumps, different names, which to me is a corroboration mm-hmm. of church a, a truth. Not church. Truth. When your hair and your neck goes back up and you go, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I got it. And it's got to be short enough that we can get in and out because the attention span of people is really short enough. So it's got to cause an instantaneous change uh, God bumps, goosebumps, chili bumps, and it's got to be short enough and memorable enough. Like, and the words have got to be so poignant. Like Martin Luther King, my daughter had to memorize, uh, you know, his speech, and, and I got to do Martin Luther King Day and talk at his church and all that. So I'm, I'm a little bit more keen on this than anybody else. But it's the content of your character. Rather than the color of your skin. Whoa! What? I mean, these are powerful. I got goosebumps right now. I mean, here you can. I don't. I don't know if you can see them on the big screen here, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, you just know that it works. It's poignant. Or Winston Churchill, the greatest speaker ever, says, "This is our finest hour." The Germans had 400 planes to one of his. They're getting bombed to hell, and he says. We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them on the beaches. We're going to beat them in the battle. And, and we're going to have blood, sweat, and tears. So, yeah, Preston and I wrote that we got you got to have ma- master storytelling. And once you write it, you need to read it out loud and see if it works. But then you need to go test on people. And most of you already have a book. What are the stories that you keep telling? Wow. What is the message wow. that you've mastered that the world needs to hear? And what we're doing is we are saying, look, Take our course. Let us help you be the force multiplier, the leverage, yes, where yes. little hinges move the big door. Where we, you get to move in and have the recognition, the authority, the expertise, the prestige, and then all the money you can handle.
0: Mm. Well, just what is the course again? Just what's the title it's of the called
1: course? You have a book in your course, and you just go to my <laughs> website, arvindrahansen.com, because I believe everybody literate has a book, but what? Take just one thing. I don't know anything about your heritage, but you must have had a great heritage on both sides. Wouldn't it be nice to know what your great-great-great-parents thought, said? Of course. And and you would read it. Amazing. Preston and I are close friends with Mitzi Perdue, and and she's uh, the chicken lady with, you know, I hope you'll interview her, but 22 million chickens a week, and she's 84. But she says in their family trust, you only get to be an heir to the trust if you write your own autobiography and hand it in before you're 50 years old. Perfect. I've never wow, heard of Wow. I thought, what a great thing. Wow. I mean, isn't that nice to know what wow. your lineage is and, or your wow. ancestry, right? And, and wow. I, I know zero about, I know I'm Danish and all that on both sides, but the, I don't know anything about my great great grandparents. Wow. Zero. Wow.
0: I love that. Um, powerful I'm digesting myself I, I love the title you have a book in you that's just like bam. it's just like bam there's no there's no qu- there's no question what it is and it, it's like it speaks directly to the reader you know is, it's, is it's, it's very relevant
1: you, I mean you've been everywhere you've traveled extensively do you think there's anyone you've ever met and you've talked around the world yeah yeah don't you think a lot of people have books that they need to share M- most people most most, people
0: most most people for sure for yeah. sure for sure But I think that what you both said in the beginning about believing that that we do have that and making the decision, as you said, Preston, that's like key. It's really key. I want to dive into, this is something I want to know now. I want to dive into marketing, okay? I'm an author. There's many people that are authors listening to this. I've always wanted to pick your brain, Mark. I got you now. This is my this is my opportunity. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, other you're people. You're welcome benefit. to it. Here you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sold like five hundred million. But I mean, look, as an author, okay, I just have nothing but crazy respect because for me, I know how hard it is to sell books, and it's it's no joke to so to sell a hundred thousand, to sell two hundred thousand, to sell a million, to sell five hundred thousand books. I mean, it's like. That's like flying to the moon, okay? So, It is. Number one, I want to know, like, what are some of the keys to marketing? And let's say, okay, my book is coming out. We can use me, but speak to everyone. My book is coming out uh, next year. Like, if someone has a book coming out next year, well, mm-hmm. how, how, can we, how can we make it a mega? What do we need to do to make it a mega bestseller? What can I do to make it like an iconic chicken soup for the soul type booker? you know, a Four Agreements sort of iconic, game-changing book. What? what how do we do that? What, give, me, give me a formula. Give me a roadmap.
1: I'll give you the formula as fast as I can, and if I miss distilling it, uh, Preston, who's much more logical and left-brained than I am, will finish it. So, first of all, I did the interviews for the Jack and Mark team, and I interviewed all the 101 best-selling fiction and non-fiction authors. I didn't ask them how to write. I know how to write, or I thought I did, and I think I do. Um, but I asked him, how did you market to get to there? Right, well, right, one of the right, guys right. we interviewed was from Harvard. Jack was third in his class at Harvard mm. with uh, Dr. Scott Peck, a road less travel. And Scott said, Hey, look, you've got to do one media interview every day, 20 days a month minimum. Now you could do 20 in one day and be done with it. Well, the same thing. Now you got to translate that today into podcast. And if you get to bigger bot podcast better, and, and we're doing four or five podcasts a day, like this one yep. and, and loving it, by the way, every one of these is fun for me. So, People say, "Don't you get tired?" I get. Yeah, I burn out like anybody. But it's it's exciting because we're talking about something that's important. Next, we cut out Scott Peck's name at the top of, of New York Times, whited it out, put Mark and Jack Chicken Soup for the Soul. Now, the next thing you got to do because you got to be convinced that you're going to be a mega bestseller, you need to literally do this. And it's a little seems silly, but you put it on the mirror at your house, your office, and and Heather's office, and all that. Because every time you look at it, whether you're shaving or doing makeup, the ladies that are doing makeup or whatever, whatever, right, or fluffing your hair, you know, you're looking at it and it's branding it into your brain, etching it into the fabric of uh, being. So we are number one before we came number one. Third, mm-hmm. I'd say you've got to write your goals. And, and I'm the goal setter of the Jack and Mark team and a marketer, but I wrote down, we're going to sell a million and a half in a year and a half. So we came out June 28, uh, 1993, by Christmas. Now remember, 80 percent of the books are sold in november and december they are gift books so this is when you got to be high on it and you got to be getting momentum to that we sold a million three and then i wrote down the crazy number we'd sell five million the next year and then we did that and then we said we'd sell 10 million a year and then i said the goal would be ultimately and we're selling 15 million a year and Mm. we're 15 of the top 50 on usa today with different titles like when our publisher we went to the publisher and said we want to do Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soldiers, he said, get out of here. I got teenagers, they buy St. E's, concert tickets and clothes, and you know the publisher, so you know what I'm talking about. He said, and they go to the mall, and I give them $50, and they come back from the mall and said, what happened to it? Said, the mall ate it, Dad. And he said, they're not gonna buy your book. But what we did is now, when you're listening, and when you're asking, that's why I wrote the book, Ask you know, all the right questions to ask, but when you're asking enough people, we asked larry kirschbaum who was trying to buy us at time warner and and our publisher wouldn't sell but at that time but uh larry kirschbaum said wait a second if you're going to do that book my daughter is head of nickelodeon i said oh my gosh my little daughters love nickelodeon they want to get slime he said what here we'll just call her and and we did a three-way call you know how to do those everybody probably does and we did a three-way call with his daughter and said hey, my daughters want to be a Nickelodeon, and, and uh, my little daughter, who does all these shows with us, she was six at the time, and memorized all the chicken soup stories. She sat on dad's lap, and, you know, she'd be on the telephone once a while. I said, well, my six-year-old daughter would like to tell you the story about Bobsy or the story about I wish I had a brother like that. And I get goosebumps telling you because I know where the stories going and what the reaction's going to be. We go on, on the show, and the guy, the first thing he says after she does one story, right when he's alone like you and I, no problem. All of a sudden, he said, Melanie, you just told that story to two million people. <laughs> she immediately froze. Nothing had changed except in her mind. <laughs> She's uh-huh. she suddenly talking to two million people. Uh, she said, Dad, I would just want to go get slimed. And, and it was fine, and we did that. But what we really did, now I'll give you the the beginning, but we we got the list of everybody, and, and everybody can get a list. That's what podcasting is about. Yeah. You can get these big lists and build it. And I'm going to finish with two parts. Is it we sent out the list to 12,000 kids and said, here's the 250 stories that Jack and I think are all tens. You grade them on a scale of one to 10 and tell us what works and doesn't work. And a lot of the stories that we'd written didn't work. And they got, phew, phew, phew. but we had such good stories that were a 10 plus, plus, plus. They just they caused instantaneous behavioral change. Dave's that first point I used. That when we sold the book and the publisher said it wouldn't work, sold 19 million the first year. It just went like that because we we learned one of the 38 principles that Preston and I are teaching in this course is breakfast is a feedback of champions. You've got to have the breakfast not just from your friend, not just from your spouse, not just from your editor, which is what most people do. They get three pieces of feedback, not enough. I mean, we had literally hundreds and hundreds of people read this before and grade mm. it. Because some mm. stuff, the stuff that doesn't work, you got you to say, hey, look, if the marketplace doesn't want it, it doesn't work. It's just right, that simple. Right. And, mm. and, you know, so you got to overwrite and then have other people chuck what doesn't work. I said uh, that'd be one other thing. Chris, can you add to that? Yeah.
2: You know, I would just say, you know, one, one thing that's important is to ask the best people, you know. So if you're out there doing it, go get advice from the best people. The people have done something the people that have you know learned and been there and walked the path and you know figure out what they're doing and go ask them. Uh, second, I would say to multiply yourself. You can only do so much, you know, as you know yourself. So you can do that through now. There's so many ways to do that. There's channels you can make videos that you know run on social media. You can use the internet. You can go on things like podcasts. You can do all these different avenues to. You know, multiply yourself because if you're, you know, talking one to one or you're talking to small groups, you know, you're only multiplying what your capabilities are. You know, so use those assets and digital assets to multiply yourself. Uh, another part is to be, you know, relentless. You work for it. You're not going to sell anything if you just write it and send it off to the world and hope. You know, it's not uh, if you build it, they will come. You know, I mean, it might pick up steam if you, you know, if you get it in the right hands and some influencer or something like that endorses it, but uh, you have to, you know, you have to try, you have to be intentional and you have to work for it. You have to be relentless. And then uh, another thing I would say is to, you know, when you are out there to share authentically, you know, whatever you, you put your heart, your mind and your soul into this book. And it's your work, it's what you understand. it's what you represent and you know, it's got your name on it. and so when you get out there in front of people, share from your heart and be authentic. be vulnerable. you know a lot of times people are afraid to be vulnerable when they share. you know it, when, one great success you know I think it, just using the market as, a, as an example is you know he shares from his heart. you know he connects to these people and that's why he's built these great audiences because he goes okay you know do you want to you know feel healed do you want me to warm your soul in my book you can read my book and you connect to it it's going to warm your soul do you want to be a millionaire do you want to you know live this life you know i'm connecting with you i can teach you how to do that it's like our book course you know you have a book in you you know if you want to use that book to be a platform to be uh, you know, to launch you into your career to build your brand, to build your business, you've got a book in you, you know? And so, you know, we're connecting with you, we're connecting with your soul. So whatever it is, you know, you need to be authentic, you need to share, you need to be open about that. And then, uh, one thing Mark mentioned, but, you know, rewording it basically is to have a direction and that's, you know, the goal setting. If you, you know, if you're going down a path and you don't you know where you're going, uh, then, then you're just aimlessly you know, walking. If you have a goal to go, okay, I'm going to talk to, you know, get really linear. I'm going to talk to, you know, a hundred podcasts. I'm going to, you know, do this, I'm going to do this and write down your goals and be really intentional about it. How,
0: uh, uh, just a quick side question for those wondering, how important, effective is a PR person in terms of hiring a PR person? Because sometimes people hire a PR person like, oh, the PR person is going to just blow it up and
1: you gotta, you got to be your own PR person. Rarely will you find somebody that really does PR well. At, at right. Today. So is, is it worth it?
0: On. Would you suggest it? Is it even necessary? I mean... If
1: today, it's better that you decide to do the podcast. And all the podcasts are almost listed in uh, Google, so you can get to them pretty easy. In America today, there's 800,000 podcasts. Wow. So there's more wow. podcasts than ever. The average American listens to seven and a half hour podcasts a week because they're so negative. TV is and news is so negative, they're shutting it off, and they're, listening. they're finding podcasts that are just illuminating, like yours, and mm-hmm. enlightening. So everybody could get on a podcast. What Preston was saying about there's niches that you can get into. So, And, and like I said, we're doing a lot of podcasts today because our goal was to do minimum of 100 podcasts, and then now the goal is to start upgrading the podcast because there are podcasts that, that are listening yep. to by uh, 1,000, now, if yeah. you and I talk to a thousand people, that is a great, good audience. Yeah. But there are podcasts out there. The top podcaster, uh, Reagan, just got paid $100 for Logan, a hundred million dollars for Another, a business podcast guy, Jeffrey Hazlett, who's who's got uh, seventy TV show podcasts, all kind. So there's, and then there's another guy that's got five hundred thousand. So th- these podcasts are going crazy, and they're going crazy around the world because we got universal translate stuff that didn't exist yesterday. So you and i are talking in english right now but it can be translated into swahili it can be translated in Telugu. it can be translated in spanish all instantaneously 90 percent effective which Mm -hmm. you know that'll get a lot of people that were not able to get into the equation get into these equations on entrepreneurship so now back to what you asked about marketing you got to do the right pr but more importantly you've got to buddy up with people that are doing pr like In the last two days, we've done uh, three major shows with businesses. Like here in town, we have a guy uh, that owns 72-hour real estate. And and he's in 12 states, and uh, he's a billionaire. And I knew him, and I said, hey, would you like to have your people trained free, and we'll do a Zoom cast on my book, Ask? Well, he said yes. Last night, we did one on on the fastest-growing CBD company that's legitimate, uh, in America, called uh, CFTO, uh, Change of the Future. and We went on the show with thousands and thousands of people, and uh, luckily, the owners, the four owners of the company, had read the book. They were bragging about it. They've read some of other stuff. They told all their people, "You got to buy it." And then we said, "I'm going to ask boldly. I want you to buy ten copies of the book and give it out to your future clients." So you've got to be able to ask boldly, and and at some levels, it's scary. But what Crystal and I have been mm-hmm. teaching is that you've got to you got to have the courage to step in your fear. Now back mm-hmm. to the marketing, what I call bypass marketing that I wish every author would do. And all it takes is thinking like during the OJ trial, right? I'm reading the paper and I said to Jack, wow, what an opportunity. So what do you mean? They're not, a, they're sequestered for six months or not. allowed to talk to their family, watch TV or the radio. I said, what could be better? <laughs> I said, I What the hell are you talking about? I said, Jack, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. He says, are you nuts? I sent a book to, to Ito, Judge Ito, and I said, Judge, the people aren't allowed to read anything. There's nothing in here about OJ. There's nothing in here about football. There's nothing in here about killing anyone. Would you allow us to sign one of our books to every one of the jurors? So for six months, everybody walks in with her book like that. Did, did he actually I agree. He not only allowed it, but he loved it. He wrote back and said, I love the book. And he's just, no one's ever offered to do that for a jury before. Uh, what I'm good. saying is, whatever that's the problem is, remember, funny. I teach, and you and I know the Bible really well, but right, what you meant for my harm, God meant for my good is what the last story of Joseph and many color code in Genesis, and if you all haven't read that, you want to read it. But Preston and I translated it, in an up- it to say, look, every adversity is an opportunity in disguise and, and the yin and yang, the bigger the adversity, the bigger the opportunity. So let me go through that. So when Jack and I finished Chicken Soup for the Soul and we finally got Health Communications to publish it, they said, well, it's come out in a year and a half. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah. We spent all this money getting here, and, and I need cash flow today. So the third chapter we do is interviewing. You can interview somebody and get paid tomorrow for the interviews you do today. And you codify them. You put them in a book. You put them in an audio set. And so one of the four marketplaces I was doing was chiropractors mm-hmm. and, and chiropractic had just been crashed and burned. The government took all their insurance payment away. So now the only way a chiropractor could make it is if he or she had a cash practice. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed all the 21 best doctors, a chiropractic doctors of cost. One of them was Dennis Nikitao and he said, carry a rubber band, put a rubber band around your index finger. Now you can see my finger starting to turn color. What color is it going to turn ultimately if I don't take off the rubber band? Right red then
0: black blue and it blue. falls off right yeah, it Falls off, yeah
1: and so he said could you go to a medical doctor and get rid of it no they can prescribe painkillers but they can't do that can you go to a pt a physical therapist no can you go to a massage therapist? no and the point is i did the tapes i interviewed 21 doctors in one month did a tape how to have a million dollar cash practice i sold three million dollars of the tape because the market was down in an uptime. i mean they didn't know what to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. And I just interviewed the people that did it. So what Preston said a minute ago, you can pick an association, a company, a corporation, an industry, and go fast, interview them, and then transcribe. I told the said tapes. And then they said, well, do you have anything else? And I interviewed the best assistants to chiropractic, called CAs, chiropractic assistants, how they build the million-dollar practice for the doctor. Because you, Preston said it a minute ago, so articulately, you can't do everything. But then the next thing that went down, and you know in math, maybe, I don't know how good you are at math, but a negative times a negative equals, do you know the answer? A negative times a negative equals a positive. positive. Right. Uh-huh. So the other people that were out, Is it? I happened to meet Liddy do- L- Elizabeth Dole. She was head of the American Red Cross. They're out of blood. So she said, Mark, I'm told that you're the best idea guy around. I said, I don't know if that's true, but I am thankful for that compliment, Ms. Dole. And said, what do you want? And she said, we don't have enough blood and people are dying because there's no pseudo blood. And if we're out of blood, the people die when they get to the hospital, if they got cancer or an operation or a car accident or whatever I said, where would you get blood? I said, let's get it from the doctors. Oh no, we tried that. They're medical doctors. They're afraid. I said, well, wait a second. I know all the chiropractors. There's 77,000 doctors of chiropractic. There's, they see 25 million patients a month. I will wow. ask them to call 800 give life. And in one week, We'll have the blood mobile, the little blood mobile come out in front of your office, doctor, and you would adjust that. You send out a letter to all your inactive patients, one who hadn't been in for a month, three months, a year, and say, hey, Coot, you haven't been in lately. We want to give you a free adjustment if you just give a pint of blood. We got so much blood so fast. a year and a half cryogenically frozen, and I got the Trophy of the Year Award from the Red Cross, and it was given to me by William Shatner and Lisa Gibbons. So it was great fun (laughs) in Washington, D.C., and it made front pages there but we had enough blood cryogenically frozen for a year. Now, what does that mean? As an author, you're an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is here to fix things and get paid right. substantially right. for right. it because right. the real test of the world and, and presses the best at strategic marketing and thinking is your thinking makes it so. Where we started this thing, what do you think about, Michael Shea comes about, but you need to think about solving somebody else's problem and do right. will gladly pay for your book. And we right. gave a little or book to everybody the million and a half people that gave blood all in one week all um, brought in by chiropractic which the medical doctor said they'll never help us and all of them were willing to help all i had to do is ask so it's not
0: just like hey buy my book here's a book marking a book it really is a mindset of an entrepreneur in terms of solving a problem and a book becomes a sort of uh an energy exchange as a part of that and so you're not just saying please buy my book right so that that's a
1: Right, and it's the poet laureate in Denmark has the best poem in this. He wrote a little book called Grooks, and he is a Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Pet and What Pet says, I love so much, never met him, but I love it. He says, what the world needs now is problem solvers galore, because each problem we solve creates 10 problems more." <laughs> <But laughs> which is great, which great is great, because nice
0: then there's more problems to solve, and... and and it makes problem solving even more valuable. The ability and, and to solve problems. And that's why
1: authorship is the most valuable art form of why Preston and I want everyone to take the course. And, yeah, it's an yeah. investment, but yeah. it's an investment that will leverage your whole future in life. You want to add to that, Preston?
2: Yeah, I mean, to what Mark's saying, and this is really, really an important approach for really everything, I think, for marketing or for building a product or for a company. And that that's one thing that's really cool about this course is it teaches you so many things about how to write a book, but it gives you ideas on how to run your business. It gives you ideas on how, you know, that you can incorporate into your life and your company. So it's it's so much fun. But uh, one of those things that you know Mark was kind of bringing up and talking about that's really really important, and I think it's really you know something to focus on is to be a solution. Yeah, you, know, you need to be a solution to things. And so if you can be you know solution oriented, if you can be solution oriented in your book, in your book title, like how to be up and down times. Right now, we've got so many challenges in the world. You know, this, is, this is a solution book. You know, it's to help people. It's to help uplift people. You know, Chicken Soup for the Soul is to help people feel good. The you know the uh, One Minute Millionaire, it's to help people figure out how to build wealth. You have a book in your course. It's to help you launch into a career, a platform, an authorship, and all the things you can come out of it. So, when you sell anything, whatever you come up with, it's got to, you know, it really, really connects with the people if it's solution based. And so you look at, you know, a problem and you go, how can I be the solution to that problem? How can I be the solution to that market? You know, how can I be the solution to this demographic of people? You know, it doesn't even have to be something, if you look at, you know, Harry Potter. It's a solution to entertainment. It's a solution to engagement. It's it's exciting. It's interesting. It's, you know, it's fun. Uh, it's, you know, those are the solutions that it's filling. You know, this is more like practical solutions, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. do a how to book and it's, you know, the really, you know, granular solution. So it, you know, having a solution based marketing campaigns, super, super important.
0: Awesome. Mark, I've always wanted to ask you this as well. In terms of, uh, you said, what, 119 times chicken soup was? Uh, 144. 144. So yeah, we got you know, pink slips, yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy, you know, because a lot of people say, oh, I've done everything, I've done everything. And I ask them, how many people do you approach? Two. Like, that's not everything. And so I know a lot of people are going to go out there and they're going to, you know, pitch publishers and what have you and try and get their book, and they're going to face rejection. I really want to know, honestly, what kept you? What what kept you going? Because 144 is is no joke in terms of the number of rejections. I mean, that's a book in and of itself. So, what kept you going? And kind of give people a little inspiration for the rejection they might face when they when they're promoting a book oh, their book and pitching their book and whatnot.
1: Not only might will will. That's okay. why today self publishing is such a good idea. And we'll talk to that in a second if you want. Because we yeah. say you could self publish, you could publish it at Vanity House or you could publish it at the major publisher. But right now, the major publishers. Because of the shutdown, I can tell you I'm with two major houses right now, and they're both great. But the major houses, like one of them, I won't name the name, but just laid off 8,000 people because there's no bookstores open and there's nobody working. And, and it breaks my heart because, as you know, I'm a book addict, and I love to read and write, and, and I want to contribute because I believe the reasons we're here are to create. The Bible starts out in the beginning, God created, and then number 28 created you and I in the image and likeness. So we're here to create. And number two, you're here to contribute, and I, I think I can contribute best with intellectual property and ideas. So back to the question is it when we wrote it, I've been selling since I was nine years old and and I am sort of rejection proof. When we interviewed uh, Peter uh, Buber, the guy who's got 58 Academy Awards, who's got lots of rejection, then he owns the Golden State Warriors. I'm not dyslexic, but he said, Mark, you're so dyslexic, you think when somebody tells you no, it means on. (laughs) So the, the point is, we knew that everybody said, boy, do you have that story like Bopsy in a book? Do you have, I wish I had a brother like that in a book? Do you have, uh, there are no coincidences in a book. And, and so we knew that it would sell, even though the publisher said no, the marketplace said yes, and you've got to listen to the marketplace. And the marketplace for Harry Potter is, is wonderful, and that's why one of the principles we teach is you've got to come from the end result. If the end result is a marketplace says this will sell, you've got a Grand Slam home run. And if you have to publish yourself, do it. So let's talk to that just 30 seconds. Yeah, so, so
0: self publishing versus traditional publishing, like some people might be weighing up that option to love you to address that.
1: And Today, you can get it on, on uh, almost instantly at, at on new <laughs> Kindle or anywhere, and you can put it through Amazon, you can put it through Audible books, and you can do all that. So historically, the book called the uh, one Minute Manager. I didn't write that. That was written by two brilliant guys. A medical doctor named Spencer Johnson, who also wrote Who Moved My Cheese and Dear Friend, until he just passed away.
0: The Ken Blanchard. Ken Blanchard. Doctor Ken
1: Blanchard was Jack's teacher at Harvard. Oh. So Ken and I had Ken at all my mega book seminars, which <laughs> you know people paid the kind of money we're asking for this course. They came and they came thousands at a time. I don't know if you ever mm. came to one of my seminars, mm. but they were well attended. But I had Doctor Blanchard. We, if you he is the best parabolist the best story writer on the planet like who moved my cheese and all that so you know and and but when they wrote the book nobody would take that book so by ken and Spence. so what they did is they back then they just did it on their xerox machine and they just stapled it together and sold it and they said and they did on the cover of the book a gem of a book and a treasure of a price they charged four times too much it was like a five dollar book and they were charging twenty dollars you know 20 years ago And they sold 40,000 copies from the Xerox machine, which is not a good way to print a book. But the the point is, then they went to the publisher and the publisher gave him, I think the number was $4 million and it it took off. So the marketplace is, is the only true test, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, And like Preston said, there's infinite options to get to the marketplace that no one's even thinking about. And we're, I'm creating some new ones. And when you have us on the show next time, um, We'll tell you about them because historically, we want to test them first before we ask anyone what, else to try them. But what, what, we're do some cool new stuff that no one's ever done.
0: If someone's thinking about, well, if I can self-publish, is there any benefit to going to a publisher? What's your thought on that? Why, why should we go to a publisher? Like, you're no. with a publisher, you've self-published. Like, how,
1: how do I know, just, just like, if someone's in a dilemma, how right. do I know what to do? I made the chicken soup publisher worth a billion dollars. So, uh, if Jack and I. We thought we needed distribution, and, and back in 1990 and 91, you couldn't self-distribute. Today you can self-distribute. So wow. if you're courageous, if you're strong, if you can get the book printed at the right price, and, and if you are really going to stick to it and, and persuade the world to buy your book, then self-publishing, you know, the, let's say the book costs you $2 and you sell it for $20, you have done all that money is yours. And even yeah. if you discount it and sell it through somebody else and, and get Levy Brothers, who is the book distributor in America. Now, there's different book distributors around the world. Mm. You know, when you go to the book fair in Germany, it's one thing. And we go to the book fair mm. down in Monterey, Mexico, it's another thing. And, and fortunately, I've been to book fairs everywhere in China and everywhere. And, and you know, so I, I understand that I'm number one in a lot of countries. Like everyone says, well, only matters if you're number one in New York Times. Look, when you get the money, the money is the money. Let's be clear. It's good money in, in terms of greenbacks, as we as you and I like to call them, or, or in your case, maybe the pound. Right, I'll, I'll get that pound. <laughs> it's
0: co- or it's called cash.
1: <laughs> okay, no that's why we said what the book, one of the money books I've written seven now eight money books, but the, the one you mentioned was Cash in a Flash. Isn't that a cool cash title?
0: A very, very, very cool title.
1: Because that's what people right now. We're look. We're saying. The marketplace has changed. We've had more change in, in in the last three months. We've had 10 years of change. 10 years. I mean, nobody. It's not, it's it, not, more. It's not no, more. It's not more. And, right. it, and it's not going backwards. It, like it breaks my heart. I told you, I want bookstores to make it. I want publishers to make it. I want people to be able to go give their books to publishers. But you've got to think it through. You may have to self-publish. And as far as I'm concerned, that's okay. I'm cheering you on. I'm cheering yeah. everyone on yeah. to do their highest, best work and then share it with as many people as possible. And a spiritual line from Jesus is, the guys are at the Last Supper and I said, how do we become great? He said, the greatest amongst you is servant of all. Right? Mm. I want to serve, mm. I would like to serve a billion people books. Mm. And you can say, well, you've been read by a billion because there's a pass-along value of five in America and in India it's about mm. 12 and in mm. China where... I'm a rare book in China because the government decides who gets to publish a book. And, and thank God the censor didn't understand the word soul meant the heart of you because Chinese are intrinsically atheists. That's why I am right. a flaming free enterpriser. Like I hope you are yep. against communism because it it, right. it diminishes human beings.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Folks, you a, I have one quick question. And then I want to just invite you to share just if there's anything about the course you've been talking about. In terms of speaking, speaking, Mark, uh, I mean, you, you know, you've been speaking a lot. The world, You said the world is changing. It's not going back. Events aren't happening. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to go out and promote my book on the stage. Well, there's not many stages. Obviously, we have podcasts. There's Zoom. There's different things. Do you see anything like, like what's your vision or what you see in terms of the speaking platform for the future of what do you see for the future of speaking and those who are speakers and you can can speak term, to that?
1: The zoom yeah. in all of its brothers like via Bella and, and there's about 10 of them now and there are going to be some really there's a really good one that's going to come out and, and it it is so amazing I can't believe it because we're having breakthroughs that are being forced because we're going to be locked down a little bit but we're getting and and right before this thing happened, I was booked for one group and because I've been asked to write the book in the life insurance business because the whole life insurance business is now be, worldwide is coming together. So they asked me to write "Sell Like the Greats" and I was and they got a big contract for it. But we had one with eleven thousand in Washington D.C. and one with thirteen thousand in Florida for that group. And a guy calls me up and said, "Look, I've just lost five million dollars. We can't have the meeting." You know this COVID's not going to happen, so you're not coming to talk. And I go, I'm oh, uh, sorry. I was, I really had big plans and dreams and hopes. Mm. Those are going to come back. Mm. We're going to solve this. We're going to get over mm. it. We've got a lot of ways to do it, and and just simple nutraceuticals, taking, you know, like uh, colloidal silver and, and yep. uh, your, your your metallics like a uh, uh, zinc, Z I N C, every day, yep.
0: 30,000,
1: yep. 30, whatever that is milligrams, and you know will make you well and immune and keep your strong and you got to do that but so it's going to come back and it's going to come back fast and athletics is coming back concerts are coming back press and i just were with you know the guys who do earth wind and fire and they're convinced these hundred thousand people that's showing up are coming back and the interesting thing they're going to come back with speakers this time because i'm being invited starting in september with speaker and music and speaker mm. uh, you know and and when I started, that's where the PMA rallies were, and we had seventeen thousand people. So uh, yeah. people people are desperate for contact. They're desperate to come back, and we'll yeah, we'll all get shot and and see if your temperature's high or not. I don't know what they're going to do if you pay a three hundred dollar ticket and then don't get to come in. <laughs> <laughs> so but temporarily, we'll do Zoom and its equivalent, and then we'll go forward. Trust? For do you want to add to that?
2: yeah I, there's so many avenues out there right now that are emerging, platforms that are emerging. now you see like summits, you know that's a, a thing yeah. a lot that's really common right now that's replacing things. I think there's going to be online conferences, online, you know, you look at an event like it, we've been to EarthX, it's the largest sustainability conference in the world. They went online this year, and wow. had, you know, last year they had one hundred and seventy three thousand people on it this year they had 500,000 people online wow. wow! and so you know it those avenues will be more popular and and, and they're accepted now in the past they used to not be accepted yeah. now meetings and online things are accepted they're normal sounds, yeah. you know so that that's kind of you know going to bridge a lot of different possibilities for people and save people money on being able to pull things off you don't have to fly. Awesome.
0: Now. awesome. Awesome. Gentlemen, this has been very enlightening. And I think for everyone listening in, I think we all have to, we have taken pages and pages of notes here. Thank, Thank you so you. much for pouring yourself. Listen, what's, uh? you mentioned the course, you have a book in you. Is there anything you want to say about that? And what's the best website or link that people can go find out about your course? Yeah,
1: just go to markvictorhansen.com. And um, you can see everything there. And, and uh, you know, it's We think it's totally affordable. it will be $3 a day for a year. So nine hundred ninety-seven dollars But I promise you I've condensed 44 years. Forgive me for bragging, but it's been extremely fun experience. I I would never have met you if I hadn't written a book. I've met literally millions and millions of people and I've befriended hundreds. I mean, there's, there's very few countries I can't go to that. I don't know somebody and, and somebody that, that, is an influencer and important and, and wants to make a difference. And I think every one of us want to make a difference and there's no better way to make a difference, get credibility, recognition, respect, expertise than claiming I am an author. If you sit with somebody on the plane and say, you're an author, they say, Oh, what did you write? You <laughs> said that? Oh. Yeah. And it, it is such a nice thing. And say, when I buy it, will you autograph it? And I go like, like this guy I told you about that we, we just did all of those thousands of people in 12 states Zoom a couple of days ago. He's bought books for everybody who was feeling we got to go over on Friday and he's going to videotape us signing books to every wow. one of those people. Wow. I, just, I go, Wow, how exciting is that?
2: Wow, and amazing. Yeah, to,
1: to add to that,
2: there's so many companies out there, there's so many brands out there, there's so many messages out there. How do you really distinguish yourself from everyone else? How do you make yourself? or your brand or what you stand for stand out so that the world knows it and they connect with you. And Mm. you do that through a book, you put it down on paper and you write down what you believe, you write down what you thought your thoughts are and you write down what you stand for and you make it into a book and that becomes you. It becomes who you are and it makes you an expert or it makes you different or it makes people connect with you, your company or your product or your platform. Amazing. Amazing.
1: Yeah, what we're saying is, right, we say and teach it in the course, of course, you got to be unique. And all my books are unique. Number two, they got to be transformational. The people, the reader has to get all the benefits possible. And then number three, it's got to be inevitable that it's going to source and serve them. So they'll talk about it because it's called Word of mouth is what passes books along. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, I read that book and it just uh, touched my heart. And you've got to read this book. I mean, yeah. all of us, I mean, you pass passed books out and I have and we have, and it just is wonderful.
0: Yeah, amazing. Thank you both, Mark and Preston. You've been uh, so generous with your time and your energy. Uh, love to have you back again, Mark, for maybe a, a conversation number three. Folks, you heard it. You have a book in you. I don't care who you are black, white, green, short, you know, Japanese, uh, Danish, doesn't matter. Uh, Man, woman, you have a book in you. It's time to own it. Believe. The world is waiting for your gifts. The world needs to hear your unique voice and message in only the way you can share it. I want you to go check out uh, Mark's website. We're going to put everything in the show notes, markvictorhanson.com. Is that correct? And uh, you have a book in you, all, all of the information about his course and his amazing work is, is there. Go check it out. I fully endorse it, Mark. I actually first read Mark's book in London as a kid in London when I was 12 years old. Changed my life. So it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to have Mark on Soul Talk. Folks, hey. uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Send me an email, cooblaxon at cooblaxon.com. I would love to know your key takeaways and insights from today's episode. Also download, subscribe, and share this with everyone you know. Love now. Big hugs.